0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Good. And so, so far we've had our lead pastor, Miles Palyudin, preach. Did an amazing job. And then we had Andrew, Pastor Andrew Staggs from our um, Christian uh, Heritage College. He spoke as well. And then last week we had Craig Grishol as well. He preached. And I'm like, man, three amazing preachers and then I have to preach this weekend. It's like, why, why can't we have got Dave or Dad or Gabby to preach this week? But uh, I'm here. And then next week, Pastor Locke will finish off our series about making disciples. If you missed those messages, get onto our podcast. Get onto our YouTube channel, listen to them there. Uh, you can share them with people. Like, let's not just keep what we're receiving here to ourselves, right? Let's share with other people as well. And so we can do that today. Let's pray. My message today is titled "Go, Love Your Neighbor." Let's pray this morning, Heavenly Father. I thank you for just a great day today, as we've we've praised and worshipped you, and children have been dedicated, and we've said we're going to support them and they're going to follow you, Jesus. I pray right now that we would hear from your word. We would continue to hear from you as we delve into your scriptures Lord God we thank you for that in Jesus mighty name and everyone said Amen, amen. So good. Hey, when I was a kid, um, I lived in a place called North Sunshine, and I was in a. We were in a street called Bangarang Avenue. Like, isn't that the the best name for a street, Bangarang Avenue? And so, if you don't know this, I was actually homeschooled in high school, and uh, I'm pretty normal. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's, there's no problems with me. Uh, we were we, so so. When people ask me what high school I went to, I tell them I went to Bangarang. Grammar. And they're like, oh, that sounds pretty fancy. That sounds pretty legit. So Bangarang Avenue was the name of the street we lived on. And I've got fond memories of growing up there. And we had some great neighbors who lived there. I remember a neighbor we had across the street. She was an elderly lady and her name was Dot. And we used to uh, bring her bins in for her every week when the garbage people used to come past. So does anyone remember when the garbage used to hang on the back of the garbage truck and they would jump off and chuck the rubbish in the bin? Does anyone remember that? Anyone? Yes, a few of us remember that. I, I remember that. And so we'd take her bins in and help her. I remember... On the left-hand side of us, we had a, a, a kid there who was a similar age to us, and I'm going to reveal my age now. He had an original Nintendo Entertainment System, a NES. And so I remember going next door to him and playing Super Mario Brothers when it wasn't retro, it was brand new. And uh, had fun times with him and we'd camp in the backyard together and do all kinds of fun things like that. On the other side, we had another set of neighbours who were probably three to five years older than us. It was a set of girls and I remember that as we went to university, one of them was going to the same university as us. So sometimes my brother and I would get a lift to uni from her. She almost killed us one day in her little Holden Gemini, cutting a corner too, too close and the car was coming the other way. But I remember that. And so those were good neighbours. They were good neighbours that we got along well with. And then we had another neighbour behind us who was a bit more grumpy. He wasn't as friendly. Like he, he, yeah, Anyway, I don't know what was going on in his life but he wasn't as friendly. And so we used to sometimes accidentally like kick the footy over the fence or we might be playing cricket and accidentally hit the tennis ball over the fence or frisbees and things like that. And so we'd go around and you know we'd knock on the door say can you throw our thing back and he would be quite upset and and I know now why he was upset because he had a garden there and our balls would land the footy would land on his cabbage and you know lettuce and it would break it and so I can understand now that I'm a a garden man myself right Uh, with my herb garden so I understand the pain and and I remember one time we kicked a footy over the fence And we just left it there because usually he'd throw it back over. And then we came back a couple of days later and the footy was thrown back over the fence and it was punctured. He like punctured our footy. And and I remember like, oh, what's going on here? And look, thankfully it was like a pretty cheap footy that dad had brought for us. You know, like, I don't know where he got it from, the bargain basement. But it was a cheap footy. So we we weren't too concerned. It didn't matter too much. Those were our neighbours. Today I want to ask us, I wonder what kind of neighbours we are. What kind of neighbors are you? Like in your street, are you a good neighbor? Are you like a strange neighbor? Are you a bad neighbor? I don't know. What kind of neighbor are you? What kind of neighbors do you have next to you? I feel like maybe today we don't know our neighbors as well as we used to in the past. But hopefully you know some of the neighbors around. And if you go away, they watch your house or something along those lines. What kind of neighbor are you? Please don't put your hands up for the bad one uh, this morning. The, The idea of a neighbor... It's not a modern concept. It's not something that we've come up with in modern times, you know, with our way of thinking. It's something that's been around for thousands of years. And I suggest when we look in the Scriptures, we see that it was something that was there at the birthplace of humanity. People getting together, helping each other, living life together. And in fact, the title of our message today, Go Love Your Neighbour, is straight from Scripture, from a passage that is thousands of years old thousands of years old and so today we're looking at love your neighbor it's go love your neighbor so it's a message about outside the four walls but also our neighbors here as well but going out to love our neighbors and we're going to look at why are we to love our neighbors and how do we love them and who is our neighbors and as we look at these questions today let's get started if you're taking notes the first one is why do we love our neighbor because number one We have a divine mandate to love. We have a divine mandate to love. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is having a discussion with some religious leaders and uh, all these different types of people. He's speaking to them about different topics, and they're talking about paying their taxes. And Jesus says, you have to pay your taxes. And unfortunately, church, in 2023, we still have to pay our taxes as much as we don't want to. And then they start talking about marriage after the resurrection, and, and, and the answer is nope. There's no marriage after the resurrection. That's not going to happen. And then a different topic comes up, just kind of segues out of nowhere. And it's this topic that comes up. It's about the neighbours. And it's in Mark 12, 28. And it says this, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. So Jesus has given good answers to these people. He asked him of this, Of all of the commandments, which is the most important? a good question isn't it which is the most important that I should prioritize at the top and and Jesus says this the most important one is this hear O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one and then he continues on he says love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength and the second is this love your neighbor as yourself there is no commandment greater than these So it says, love God and then love your neighbor. Love God and then love your neighbor. See, we're instructed to first love God and then to secondary love our neighbor. And it starts with loving God. And maybe you're here today, and as I read that scripture, talks about loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And I was to ask you, are you loving God like that, or are you endeavouring? And if you were to say to me today, I've never even thought about that, I'm, I'm not loving God like that. Today, maybe, is your chance, your opportunity today to say, I want to start to love God. Like the scriptures say, we are to love him and to follow Jesus and to invite him into your life. And at the end of my message, I'll give any person here an opportunity in this room on the live stream right now to say, I want to love God in that way. So go love your neighbor starts first with loving God. And I can't stress the importance enough of this, that it starts with relationship with God. And we're not to do life without him, but with him. And not just life with God on a Sunday morning when the band is playing or the preacher is giving us scripture verses or when the coffee's nice and hot, but to love God and follow Him all the days of the week, all the months of the year, all the years and decades that we live, we are to follow God and love Him first. But we're to love others too. See, Jesus didn't just say, He didn't distinguish between loving God Or others, he said, love God and your neighbor. There is no greater commandment than these. Didn't say commandments. He said commandment than these. And so we are to love others as he has said. See, you can't love God and hate your neighbor. Maybe that's hitting some of us today. You can't love God and hate someone in your life. And and maybe they've done you wrong and maybe there's a story behind how you feel. But can I encourage you this morning, loving God means that you will find forgiveness to love that person who is your neighbor. You You can't hate God and love your neighbor. Maybe you're here today and you're like, well, man, I love people, but I hate God because if something happened in my life, you can't love your neighbor and hate God at the same time. They are both intrinsically linked, loving God and loving your neighbor. So the first thing we need to do, first thing we need to know is why do we love is because we have a divine mandate to love. Turn to the person next to you and say, a divine mandate to love. So if there's a divine mandate to love, how, how are we to love our neighbor? How are we to love our neighbor? Number two, we are to love as Christ loved. We're to love as Christ loved. See, there are so many different expressions and ways that we see in culture and in lives and in families of, of love, right? So many different examples that we could live to, but we don't look to the examples of the world. We look to the examples of God. And we look to the scriptures and what it says. We are to love as Christ loves. So who do we love? Our neighbor. How are we to love them? Jesus says, as we love ourselves. As we love ourselves. And so that's like, well, how you would want to be treated, treat other people. How you would love to be loved, love other people. And so we love them as we love ourselves. We'll talk about who we are to love, but we love them as ourselves. And so for some of us, when we discover that loving our neighbours is, is as we love ourselves, it's going to be really easy for you because you love yourself. <laughs> it's going to be really easy. You're like, oh, that's going to be easy for me because like, I'm all good. Like I've got a good... you know. And So that's going to be easy for you. For some of us, maybe it's a little bit harder because maybe our self-image of ourselves or maybe the way we see ourselves was a little bit lower. And so you're like, well, I don't know how to do that. If I have to love them like I love myself, how can I do that because I don't really love myself? Today, I want to say to both groups of people... When it comes to loving our neighbours, it's not a love out of vanity or low self-esteem, but rather it is a loving of your neighbour as we've seen Jesus model his love towards us on the cross. I want to encourage us this morning, you know, no matter where we are, the love isn't something that comes from us, it's something that comes from the Holy Spirit inside of us that then brings love to the people around us. We are to model Christ's love as he modeled his love for us on the cross. How did, how did Christ love on the cross? How did he show his love for us? What did he do for us? How, how can we see, what can we model our own lives upon today? And today, for those parents who dedicated their children, I want to encourage you, as you love your children, these are some ways we can love our children and our neighbors. Number Firstly, Jesus had love that was sacrificial. Love that is sacrificial. When we love our neighbor, it is a love that is sacrificial. It cost Jesus to be on the cross. It cost him to leave the heavenly glory. It cost him to come in the uh, the humanness of a man. It cost Jesus pain and suffering on the cross. It cost him separation from the Father. It cost him. And when we love our neighbor, there is going to be a cost for us sometimes it's not convenient to love people has anyone ever noticed that I mean just husbands and wives sometimes we 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 know that right but our neighbors sometimes it's not convenient but there's going to be a cost because we love sacrificially the other way that Jesus loved on the cross he loved with a love that sees the bigger picture I love that sees the bigger picture. See, Jesus didn't just see a cross that was standing before Him and nails and a hammer and Roman soldiers and His disciples. He didn't just see that. He saw thousands of years into the future. He saw you. He saw a bigger picture that this was about, bringing people back into relationship with the Father. There was a bigger goal and a bigger picture that Jesus saw, and so it is for us. We can love for the future we see in the person who is our neighbor. Maybe they're here right at the moment. They're in this place here, but we can see, God, I'm going to love them because I see them over here, blessed, walking with God, living in a victorious life, overcoming their sin and and their trials and tribulations. We see a bigger picture. And in our children, we try to raise them and, and, and sometimes we, we they might only see the immediate, but we're looking further down the track because we're like, hey, if I can put this principle into their life, if I can put these values into their life at this young age, I can see it's going to help them as they get older. We love love that sees the bigger picture, Jesus on the cross. And then also Jesus model for us on a cross love that is given even when not deserved. Love that is given even when not deserved. I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I do not deserve the heavenly, the, I do not deserve God himself coming and dying in my place. Is undeserved, unearned, unmerited, but Jesus did that. It was a love that was given even when not deserved. We didn't deserve Jesus' love, but his grace meant that he loved us. His grace meant that He loved us. And see, when we we too can put on grace and we can put it into action in our own lives, to love our neighbor even if they may not deserve it. To love our neighbor even when they might be difficult. To love our neighbor even when they throw our footy over the fence, punch it. To love our neighbor when they don't deserve it. See, this is the love that we show our neighbor. This is the love that we show our partner it's the love that we show in our families and it's the love that we can show to our work colleagues and the people we do life with it's a love that we can show our friends this is the love we show our brothers and sisters in Christ as well it's a love that is sacrificial that sees the bigger picture and it is not deserved but it's given as well see love loves as Christ did but Jesus he also modeled love by at times calling people out by at times chastising people, by at times speaking truth into situations. In John 8.10, Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are you? It's a woman who's been caught in sin. Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I, God's love, condemn you, God's grace. Neither do I condemn you, but from now on, sin no more. He addresses the sin. He says, sin no more. Go go your way. You're you're not condemned, but sin no more. See, Jesus extends his grace, but he says, don't sin anymore. Loving like Jesus loves sometimes might mean that we have to speak truth into situations. It might mean that we sometimes have to tell our neighbor, our friend, our family, uh, our brother and sister in Christ, we might have to highlight to them and say, hey, listen, all grace, but there's an area in your life where I think maybe you might need to start to apply God's truth in that situation, apply God's God's word, listen to God's commandments. And they may not like it, they may not want to hear it, but sometimes loving your neighbor means that you tell them what they need to hear, even if they don't want to hear it. Has anyone ever experienced that when someone has come along and told you something you don't want to hear and it's from God? You're like, oh, I don't know if I want to receive that. You know, I always know for myself that when I like start to arc up really quickly, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that's my flesh trying to push back on what God is trying to say through that person I'm like okay God you're trying to speak to me you know God's way of doing things God's viewpoint God's truth God's commands as we love our neighbor we'll also love them in that way too so then who is our neighbor number three everyone is our neighbor say it with me everyone is our neighbor the kids could come that'd be fantastic There's another time where a man asks Jesus the question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answers and he tells him the story of the Good Samaritan. And it's a a parable. It's a story. It's a made-up story, but it teaches a point. It teaches a moral. And and he, he tells him the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10. And we don't have time to go through the whole passage of scripture but if you don't know the story it goes a little something like this there's a Jewish man who is on a journey and on the way of his journey he is attacked and beaten by robbers and thieves and they harm him and they leave him for dead on the side of the road and they steal all his belongings and so he's lying there and so then as he's lying there Jesus says these two men walk past at separate times and they're not just Jewish men. They're actually religious leaders. They're actually pastors, maybe lead pastors. And they're walking past this man and and they ignore him. They walk on the other side of the road and they keep doing what they're doing. The first man and then the second man, a similar story, sees the man and he crosses the road and ignores him and keeps walking. And then finally, a third man comes and walks past this path and he's a Samaritan. And what you need to know is that the Samaritans and the Jews were not neighbours. They were not loving neighbours. They, they didn't like each other. In fact, maybe the word would be they hated each other. And, and the Scripture says that the Samaritan sees this man, sees his need, picks him up, wraps his wounds, takes him to the hospital, pays for the expenses to, for him to be fixed up and leaves his credit card to say, if there's any more, just put it on me, charge it on me. And he, he looks after this man and Jesus says... At the end of the parable, he says to the man who asked the question, who is my neighbour? He says, which was the neighbour? And the man responds, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus says, go and do the same. And the story, the moral of the story is this, that who is our neighbour? Everyone is our neighbour. See, the Samaritans and Jews, they weren't neighbours. But Jesus says, you are neighbours. You are to love anyone you come upon any person you might meet at any time they are your neighbors and I love this quote that John Wesley says he says this do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as ever you can isn't that fantastic All these things that he says, you know, good means, ways, places, times, to all the people you can. Do good to these people as they are your neighbors. And just ponder for a minute the word all the people. All the people. Maybe close your eyes right now and ponder the word all the people. You know, all the people is not just your friends. All the people is not just the people that look like you. All the people is not just those people that you get along with really, really well. All the people is everyone else too that maybe you're not picturing in your mind right now. Look at what Jesus says. You can open your eyes in Matthew 5.44. He says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to shine, to rise on the evil and the good. And He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I'm like, God, why do you send blessings their way? Why not just for us? But God says, no, I send it to the bad and the good. He says this, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? He says, don't even the tax collectors do that? Tax collectors were the lowest of the low back then. So we don't have any used car salesmen here, do we? So it's the used car salesman. If you're a used car salesman, I apologize. This morning. you. You're one of the good ones. He says, don't even the tax collectors love those who love them. He says, if you greet only your people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that. This passage in the passage of the Good Samaritan calls us to not only love those who are similar to us, but to love those who are different than us. To love those who don't look like us. To love those who have different life experiences and different world views. To love people who are around us that God places in our path. And this can be a hard call. This can be a tough thing to do. Because that includes your boss at work who's a jerk. Not my boss, he's amazing. That includes the business owners, your business rival down the road who's, you know, said bad things about your business. That includes the person who hurt you deeply, they did something to you and, and, and caused a deep hurt in your life. That includes the random strange person that you meet when you're walking down the road or you're on the train to work. But here's what can help you to understand who your neighbour is. Galatians 3.28, Paul to the Galatians, he says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. You're all one in Christ Jesus. He's talking to the church, but really he's talking to all humanity. You're all one. You're all God's love people see one of the great message of the gospel is that we are all neighbours, all equal, all equivalent, all seen in the same eyes before God, all valued, all loved in His eyes so today as I finish I just want to share a couple of really practical thoughts on how we can love our neighbour and the first thought that I want to share with you is a little bit out of left field from what I've been speaking about but if you think about it 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 fits really right in the first way we can love our neighbour is that we will love our neighbour when we have more margin we will love our neighbour when we have more margin let let me tell you about this study there was a study that was done 30 years ago uh, in the US at Princeton University and they were trying to figure out the right conditions under which good people would act for good or at least be helpful and so two psychologists got together and they did this study. And what they did was they got a group of theology students. So these are people who are studying to go into ministry, who love God, who want to serve God the rest of their lives. And they told them that they were going to be giving a speech in a building a little bit down the down the road. And they had a speech. One was a speech on a good Samaritan and another was a speech on why they chose to study theology. And then what the psychologists also did was they arranged for an actor To be on the road, to be on the path that led to the building that they were going to go to. And that person would be coughing, would be lying on the floor, would be looking really sick, really ill, like they needed help. And they wanted to see who would help these people. And what they also did in addition to that was they, they told half the students, You're running late. And they told the other half of the students, you've got lots of time to go and do your speech. And they were wondering what the results were and whether there was any difference. And they were wondering, you know, the Good Samaritan people, are they going to be the ones at the stop? Or is it going to be the ones who are going to study ministry and theology? Are they the ones who are going to stop? And, and what they found was the content of the speech made no difference at all. No difference. It made no difference. The thing that made the difference was how rushed the students thought they were. How rushed, how little time they thought that they had. Only 10% who believed they were running late stopped to help. Of those who had plenty of time to help, 60% of them stopped to help this person. And that study highlights to me how the busyness of life will stop us from loving our neighbour. The reality, right? The reality. I'm busy. I've got lots on. I don't have time to pause and help someone. Uh, You know, I've got my own things that are going on. Our busyness will be a hindrance to us going and loving our neighbours. When we have no margin in life, we're going to be too busy to love our neighbours. So I want to say to you today, create margin in your calendar. Create margin in your life so that when God moments come, and God encounters someone on your path for you to bless them or to speak to them. You have margin in your life to do that, to speak to them. And then the other one, the final one is, we can love our neighbor with a simple question. What are you going through? A simple question. What are you going through? A simple question. What are you going through? What's happening in your life right now? What, what what things are you facing at the moment what are you going through in your life nothing shows love more than being generally genuinely interested in someone's life and there's a saying people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care so today as I close my message today as we close our eyes I want to invite people if I want to ask people here this morning what is going on in your what are you going through if you need prayer i want to invite you to come forward for prayer this morning as the team comes we're going to pray for you what you're going through something we want to come alongside you and love you and 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 be your neighbor this morning so if you need prayer come forward but there's other...